Good morning, good morning, everybody. Let's stand together. We are going to worship the Lord this morning because of the great things He has done in our lives, because who He is, His love, His grace, His miracle-working resurrection power, because He can do what only He can do. I search the world
are so worthy. Nothing is better than The name above every name.
Jesus, by your word, you brought Lazarus out of the grave. You spoke, and the universe was created. Light was separated from the darkness. We worship you, because by your authority, we walk as sons and daughters of the King. Creation knows the voice that spoke into the void. The breath that brought the dust to life and sang the stars to form. Sing with us. The darkness fears your voice. drove it back before we worship you, Lord. And though the night is long, I know your light will drive it back once more. Let's sing one word. One word from you, Lord Jesus. Things change on your church and strongholds not be moved will spirits not be silenced and cower at his rule for if my God is for me yes then what have I to fear and I will not deny him the glory that is his come on will heaven not prevail will strongholds not be moved Let's not be silenced and cower at his rule. Oh, for if my God is for me, me. 
one word from you from him things change on your thank you lord for your word your word just one word speak to us this morning things change on your authority if you believe that word's true can we just give the lord a clap Thank you, Lord. Your authority, it's true. You can be seated. Let's pray together. Father, what a privilege to be before you. We stand in this place, or we sit right now in this place, on your authority. One word, one word, it's true. One word from God can change our lives forever. And Lord, could it be today? Why not now? Why not here? Why not us? So, Lord, we're waiting upon you, and we're listening for that one word from you that can change the trajectory of our lives forever. We lean into it. We trust you in it. Lord, we are thankful for harvest. Harvest isn't coming. Harvest is here, and we are grateful for it. Lord, even this morning, we recognize this is the international day of prayer for the persecuted church. And so, Lord, even across the world... We pray because there are literally millions of followers of Jesus, our brothers, our sisters, that are suffering tremendous persecution in this hour, even now, right now as we pray. And we join churches all over the world to pray for them, to lift them up, hold them up. And even as many have, have said, don't pray that the persecution will stop, but pray that we will bear up well under it. So, Lord, we pray for endurance. We pray for strength. We pray, Lord, for a divine unction in those believers that are being persecuted, those churches that are being blown up by terrorists, destroyed, those pastors that are being beaten and imprisoned all over the world simply for preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. We hold them up to you. We lift them up. And even as, as Pastor Jeffrey from our own church is overseas right now, somewhere in Africa, that you'll go and name, somewhere in Africa, hold, we hold him up and we ask you to protect him. Put a hedge of protection around Jeffrey, even in this time, even in this hour, in this moment. And Father, as he continues to sow life into the pastors in that region and to encourage them, Lord. Father, I pray for supernatural, that which is above and beyond the nature, the natural order. Lord, give him supernatural strength, supernatural anointing, supernatural grace to minister life and continue to support the church in that region. We bless you. We thank you for the privilege of standing with our brothers and sisters across the world. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen and amen. Great to see everybody. My name is Jimmy Pruitt, and I'm the lead pastor here at The Bridge. I want to welcome you. And if you are a first-time guest, thanks for being here with us. We're excited that you're here. In fact, we always show our appreciation for first-time guests with a hand clap. So can we bless our first-time guests? Thrilled that you're here with us, and for those of you that have joined us online, thank you for being with us. And if you're a first-time guest, welcome also online. We just consider you a part of the family. So just join in, seeing the words on the screen. You can jump right in with us, let you know, and give you a heads up. We'll be, we'll be participating in communion in just a bit. So get those elements ready and join us as we uh, celebrate Jesus and our union in Christ in just a little bit. Now, if you have any prayer requests and you're online, you can see the... the uh, address on the screen. Just write in 
info at bridgefbg.com. Write in your prayer request. We'll get that out to our team, and we will pray for you and pray for your request. If you're joining us via Facebook uh, Live, welcome again. Thanks for being with us. But also let us know where you're watching from. And uh, I go back through, I read all those comments, I pray for you by name, and uh, get my eyes on those, and we just appreciate you joining us online and being a part of our family, albeit extensive. So thank you for being here and uh, being with us today, and we bless you. And so for those of you that also have prayer needs and prayer issues here within our church family and in a room this size with so many folks, there's, there's several. What you can do is uh, you can go to the Connect Center after church, fill out a connect, uh, uh, the prayer card, just fill it out, and you can put it in any of the black boxes around the, the worship center, out in the hall, and uh, we'll get that to the right folks, get, get that prayed for. And for those of you that are first-time guests, if you will, uh, feel free to go stop by the Connect Center on the way out. If you'll fill out a Connect card for us, we have a handy gift for you, something beautiful. We have a bag that's full of goodies, and we want to get those out to you. So anything we can do to encourage you. And uh, this sort of reminds me of a little announcement we need to make tonight. We have our volunteer dinner out at uh, uh, the venue at Rafter E Ranch, and that starts at 6 o'clock. It's 6 to 8 p.m. tonight. Special guest that's going to be speaking tonight, Dr. Birdie. Some of you all know Dr. Birdie. She's a powerhouse for Jesus, and she'll be with us tonight. And everybody who comes tonight and who's already registered, which that's about 137 or 8 people, We'll get one of these tonight when you come. So we have a special gift for you as well. We just want to show our appreciation and enjoy a great time of fellowship and, and, and a nice dinner together, and that's tonight. Now, before we move ahead, I want to remember, we always want to pray for our VIPs. Now, what is this? It's a VIP card. It stands for Very Important People. And we, every week, take a few moments just to pray for the people that are important in our lives. And we are praying for people by name. Understand this, family. We're in a season of harvest. This is what we've been praying for. This is what we've been believing for. And we're seeing people come to Christ in record numbers, not only here at the bridge, but around the world right now. We were in Utah all last week. We had so many God conversations, it's mind-blowing. God is drawing people to himself. But what we want to do is pray for people by name. So on one side, you can fill that out, praying for people who, whatever reason, have been disconnected. They've gotten away. They're, they're just not with Christ, not in the place they should be. We want to pray for them by name. On the other side, it's those that are praying for salvation. We are asking God to bring people to Jesus Christ. So in a very real sense, we're swinging the blade of the evangelist and reaping a harvest of what God's up to. Already this month, in the last four weeks, we've baptized 23 people here and out at pools and rivers and other places. Can we give the Lord praise for that? Isn't that awesome? And I do believe it's just the beginning. And just to give you a heads up, maybe you're here this morning, you're like, I missed the moment. There was a window of opportunity, and I didn't, I didn't catch it, or I didn't do it. And so if that's you, and you're thinking, I wish I would have stepped forward, well, we got good news for you. We've got the baptistry ready to go. We've got towels over there. You can drive home. Your seats will dry. You can dry off when you get home. But we have the baptistry ready to go this morning. For anybody this morning who feels like I missed my moment, we want to give you an opportunity to step over the line, go all in with Jesus, and be baptized. Follow the Lord in believer's baptism this morning. So we're going to make that available at the end of the service. So if your heart's beating out of your chest like right now and feel like a spotlight's on you, at my 
might be the Holy Spirit saying, this is your moment. This is your time. So we'll give you an opportunity at the end of the service. Let's pray for these that are on our cards. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for these very important people. They're important to us because we put them on our card. They're important to you because all lives matter to you. We hold them up. We call the prodigals home. We call them back into a place of fellowship and connection, into a place of life and joy and hope. And Father, for those that have never come to know you personally, maybe they know about you, but they don't know you. We call them to the place of repentance and salvation and giving their hearts to Jesus. We hold up these very special, these very important people. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Now, if you don't have one of these, feel free on your way out. Stop by the Connect Center. They're just laying there. Get one. Take it home with you. And uh, we want you to have that. Also, if you didn't get one of these today, these are also, these are our bookmarks, identity. We're going to use this again today. It's a tool that we're teaching you how to use, how to walk in your identity in Christ. So, a couple of things. Uh, also, to let you know, on November 15th, even though we have the baptistry warm and ready to go this morning, on November the 15th, we're going to have a scheduled baptism service because we have several that are ready to take that step and they've let us know. So on November 15th, invite your friends, invite your family, invite the people you work with or work for or are boss of. Bring them to church. This is a great time to celebrate, and that will be during the second service. And you can register and let us know you want to be baptized. That way we'll know how many to prepare for by going to our website at uh, fbg.com and go to our website and you can uh, literally um, register because there's a place. You click on that uh, baptism event, and it'll have a registration form. So do that. That'll let us know you're coming, and that's a way to help us out. And then also want to know, uh, want to ask you to pray. Tuesday's a pretty big day in our country. W would you say amen? amen? So we're going to take a moment and pray for the election this right now. And here's the thing I want to always keep, keep in mind. There is a kingdom and an authority way above what's going on on this right. earth right now. We need never forget that. In the midst of our fervor and our excitement and cheering our, our, our candidates on and all that, and it's important and it's a beautiful right that we've been given to vote. And I'm thankful. I met, the first day it was available, we voted early. By the way, in Gillespie County, over 50% of all registered voters in Gillespie County have already voted. Is that not amazing this year? Yeah, that's amazing. So, amen. So we want to take a moment, and we really we want to pray uh, for our election. So would you join me? Father, we're at a critical juncture in our nation right now. And, Father, we want to remain as one nation under God. Father, our heart, our desire is not to go anywhere else, not to depart from what our founding fathers have intended for us to be as a nation founded on the Word of God. And so, Lord, our heart as followers of Christ it's to support those who, whose, whose platform aligns with biblical values the most. There will never be a perfect platform ever in the history of the world. And yet, there are those that are more in line, and that's what we want to do. We want to support that. So, Lord, we pray. We pray and stand against any kind of outbreak of violence or civil unrest in our nation. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that like a blanket you would quell violence, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And the spirit of hatred and the spirit of violence 
that is behind and driving all this unrest and division. We bind that spirit in the name of Jesus together. Anyone in agreement with me right now? We bind the spirit of unrest, the spirit of violence, the spirit of chaos. We bind that in the name of Jesus and walk in the very authority we just sang about. We stand in that conferred authority as sons, as daughters of the Most High God. You've given us authority on this earth. We walk in it in the name of Jesus. We pray for a peaceful, peaceful election and the results. Father, in Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen. And amen. One of the things we want to do is once a month we want to highlight a ministry because we want you to get to know. We have a lot of new folks that have come, and we're so excited for all the new people that are here. But that also means you may not know who does what. So we want to acknowledge and highlight folks. So excited to introduce to you our student pastor, Jason J.B. Banks. Where are you, Pastor Jay? There he is in the very back. Don't you look back and wave? It's Pastor Jason. He's doing a fantastic job along with Crystal has also stepped in and, and supported and encouraged. She is also over our children's ministry, which we'll highlight at a subsequent time. But they are doing a phenomenal job. We knew them, Annette and I knew them, back when they were like 18 months old and married back, you know. Now, they've been married 17 years, and, uh, but we knew them in Midland, Odessa, gosh, years ago. I don't even know how long ago it was. A long time ago, almost two decades ago. And we had no idea that between Jason and Crystal and Don and Pam Stefanoff, that we would all intersect again, that God would bring our paths back together again. And here's the thing I have to say about this family. When I knew them in Midland and Odessa, we saw ministry on their lives because we saw a passion and a hunger for Jesus. And whenever we see that on a consistent basis, and then all these years later we reconnect here in Fredericksburg, and I see that same passion is not only there, but it's grown exponentially. And so how could we not, how could we not assist and facilitate the Lord in bringing Jason and Crystal on staff to be a part of our team? And they are killing it with students and children. They have 30-plus students meeting on Wednesday night. Yeah, it's a global pandemic. But they're meeting on Wednesday night, and God is moving back there in remarkable ways. You see this picture of these students gathering around Jason, laying hands on him and imparting blessing to him. Isn't it supposed to go the other way around? No, these kids are being the church. So we say around here, 12, not 21. Amen? Why wait? Why wait? They're ready now. There is no junior Holy Spirit. Amen? And so Jason and Crystal are doing a fantastic, and their team, their, their volunteers are doing a great job of releasing these young people into their destiny. We're going to be bringing the young people a little more into the mix on Sunday mornings. We've got some plans, been talking about some things where you're going to get to see them, and we're going to release them to express in their unique ways their praise and their worship right along with us. So keep your eyes out for that. That's all I'm going to say about that for now. But can we bless Pastor Jason? Crystal, and our student ministry. Appreciate you guys. So as we transition right now, we want to um, celebrate communion. It is our privilege and our honor every weekend to come together. And I was even asked recently, why do you do it every week? And we said, because it's that important to us that we celebrate that when we come together in a spirit of koinonia and fellowship, See, we don't come here to put on a show. That's why I cut up and mess around, and I have no script, obviously. And that's why, because it's not a show to us. This is the body of Christ coming together.
to love Jesus, but to remember him week in and week out. So we have the privilege, Annette and I, it's a huge privilege. Some of you follow us on, on social media or you've just been in our orbit, but we were blessed beyond mind-blown to go to Goshen Valley, Utah. That's the middle of nowhere, Utah, is where that is. It's literally a high desert area between in the middle of a bunch of mountains and about 4,500 feet, so it's hot during the day and freezing cold at night. And it looks a lot like the Holy Land. And they, the LDS Church, Mormon Church, had built this huge movie set there. And it's a bona fide replica of old city Jerusalem. And it's actually it's remarkable in its scale and its scope. We were invited to go on the set and for a day as VIPs uh, for a day. What was really remarkable is that there were other people that were supposed to show up, and they didn't for various reasons. So we were the only two who showed up that day for the tour, which meant we got the inside scoop on everything. So they were taking us through narrow passageways, up ladders. We were on the roof. We were all over the place. We were back with the cast. We ate with the cast. We got to do things that most people don't get to do only because we were the ones who showed up that day. All of that to say is that God opened doors for us to get on the inside of the heartbeat of what's going on with this series called The Chosen. And I want to encourage you, if you have not watched it, to watch it. You can go to YouTube and watch it. It's called The Chosen. You can get the app, The Chosen. Remember, there's an app for everything. There's an app for The Chosen. You can watch it on your phone. Or you can see it on Pure Flix, which is sort of the counter to Netflix. It's on Pure Flix. So I encourage you to get it. What they've done in the heart of that team, we got to sit down with Dallas Jenkins at lunch, and he shared his heart with us. And he's the one, the creator, the director. He's, he's the whole brainchild of all this. See, the reason they did this is because they wanted to present Jesus with skin on as the Son of Man. Seems like all the Jesus films that we've watched, maybe not all of them, but most of them, have, have sort of presented, in my view, a plastic Jesus. Kind of untouchable. He's kind of the guy on the flannel graph that's up there and you can't get to and his hair doesn't blow, you know, move when the wind blows. He, he's just sort of walking around like this all the time, come unto me. You know, that's real inviting. And so they created this, these backstories and context that present Jesus in a way that we go, oh, this is plausible. This is possible. And they go into the backstories of the disciples and they present this, and it is remarkable. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. And just so you know, and you want to know your pastor a little bit better, I didn't come to Christ as a young, I came to Christ at 19, so I did not grow up in church like many of you. So I had no, point, no reference point for churchianity. In a way, that's not all bad. And so when I came to Christ, I was a blank slate. No presuppositions, no religious underpinnings, no religious context. So I would read the Bible, and it said what it said, and I didn't have a lot of filters for it. So it said to do this, I would just do that. And I came to know Jesus in a real way. But here's another thing. I saw the humor in the Bible. I saw the humor in the disciples. I saw Jesus, the humor when he said, how long must I bear with you? I mean, I saw the humanity in that because I've said that to people myself. And I connected with Jesus, very different representation than a lot of religious people have. 
I saw the Jesus who laughed. The Bible says he was anointed with the oil of gladness more than all of his brethren. He was the most fun guy there. I saw, I saw the one who performed his first public miracle at a wedding by making good wine, not just the bad stuff, but the good stuff. I saw a Jesus that was not presented by most churches. And this is the first time I've ever seen a representation of Christ that when we were watching it, I turned to Annette and I said, that's the Jesus I've been talking about my entire life as a Christian. Finally, somebody got it. So you want to know a little bit more about my view of Jesus and who I see and why I laugh and why I play and why I sort of move and dance, not to great rhythm, but I can do my best. Why I'm jubilant and excited, as excited now, more so than when I was 19. It's because that's the Jesus I know. And that's the closest representation I've ever seen. So I would encourage you to watch it. What I love about the movie, it allows us and gives us permission to activate our sanctified imaginations, which we're not good at at the church. In fact, that the church is the weakest at this because we are so afraid to color outside the lines that we may do something blasphemous or that would displease God or disappoint him in some way. We're afraid to think outside of the very written word as though there's not context here. Are you hearing me, family? There is so much life in this book, and it's so much bigger than just words on a page or print in a book. It's life. She said, the way, the truth, and what? The life. He was the life of the party, the life of life. He was the life of the broom, life of the city, life of the environment. That's why everybody was attracted to him. So as I think about Jesus sitting around a table with his disciples, I probably don't see what you see. I see laughter. I see joy. I see them making fun of each other like, like any of us would do. Hey, you remember that time Jesus, uh, Peter walked on water, took about five steps, and then it was over? <laughs> remember him? He nearly drowned. You can imagine what was going on around that table as they celebrated after three years of walking with Jesus. And now here they are. That's my Jesus. Those are my disciples. And those are the ones that I name. I name in my life. Jesus is the one I name. When he was with them on that night before he was betrayed, he took the elements, and if you have yours, go ahead and just peel the top layer. It's clear. If anybody needs the elements, just raise your hand. Jason's here. We've got help over here in this corner. They'll get them to you. Just raise them high and keep them up, and they'll get them to you. Go ahead and peel the top layer. And then peel the next layer, which is the gold layer. That'll, that'll get you ready. For those of you watching online, just be ready with us. Participate with us. So Jesus was there with his disciples. And he took a piece of bread, which was unleavened. And there's reasons for that. Another sermon for another day. And he held it up. And he said, this is my body given for you. And you got to understand, they did not know exactly where he was going with that when he started. But he holds it up and says, this is my body given for you. And then he took a goblet of wine, he held it up, and he said, this is my blood given for you to cover sin. It will be for the forgiveness of many sins. My blood will be spilled out. And then he blessed them. He blessed them. And they partook. And in that moment, they were partaking of and entering into him. 
We call that union with Christ. That's why we get communion. Union with Christ. Co-union. So let's do the same and let's remember Jesus who gives us life, who is our life. Father, in the name of your Son, thank you for the celebration and the privilege of communion today. Oh, Lord, would you activate our sanctified imaginations to begin to think and believe and look into what could be plausible in the context of the Scripture. We love you. We bless you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen and Amen. You can take. We want to pray for our kids as they get ready to go to their classes, Bridge Kids classes. Would you kids stand to your feet as you get ready to be dismissed? Our guys are going to be coming around with a trash receptacle, though you can put your trash in there, your, your elements there. Let's pray for our children right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for our kids. We thank you for our children. They truly are the next generation, and we bless them. We speak life over them. We, we believe that you have ordered their steps and you're delighting in the details of their lives, Lord. Encourage them today. We pray for our teachers and our leaders in our classes. We're so grateful for their heart, grateful for their influence and their life being poured into them. Hold them up, bless them, anoint them to lead and teach well. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Can we clap for our kids as they go to class? Next generation, world changers right there. So another thing we do in the context of worship, if you've not been here with us or if you're new, is we like to practice generosity in our giving. If you'll notice there are black boxes. There's two over here and one over here, and there's another one out in the hall. And what we do, we don't pass the plate, and we don't pass a bag around or anything like that. We simply get up out of our seat during this next time of worship, and you're released and dismissed to go uh, give your offering. So if you came prepared to do that, I want to invite you to pray over your offering and bless it before you do. Now, before we do this, I just want to say a couple of things. First of all, thank you for your consistency and your giving. We so appreciate it. Many of you are giving online now, and that's wonderful, and that's helpful for us as well. But thank you for doing that. But you can bless it today, even though you did it earlier in the week or you're going to this next week. You can still bless it even even in if you've already done it. So do speak a blessing over that. There's power in that. I'll do some teaching around that at some point, help you understand why we believe in the power of blessing. But do bless it. Just, just trust me on that and release your faith for it, and thank you. But I also want to encourage you in this. We're in this thing together. You're not just giving to the church. You're giving through the church. And we together are supplying resources and encouragement to these ministries. I want to show you there's three ways to give. You can see it on the screen. And uh, we're going to move on past that. I want you to see the names of those that we are praying for and that we are blessing. So let's go ahead and put those names up there. These are the ministries that we together collectively are blessing, resourcing, encouraging, and seeing God move all across the world even right now. So you might take one of those and really focus on that this morning as we pray and prepare to give our offering. I want to invite you to go ahead and stand to your feet. I'm going to pray, and then let's worship. And we're going to do a song here that has become one of my favorites here because it is so the truth of my own experience. And I hope that you'll find truth in it as well. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for this offering, and we are grateful to be able to give. You're the God who supplies seed to the sower. We give in faith today, trusting you.
or supply. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Let's worship. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new soil I now surrender you are breaking new ground so I yield to you and to your careful hand when I trust you I don't need to understand make me a vessel In the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. You are breaking.
Isn't that beautiful? God bless that. Please, please be seated now as we prepare our hearts for the uh, message from Pastor Jimmy. We're going to go ahead and turn the lights on, and uh, you'll see them as they come on. There they are. Amen. That video is a sermon in itself. Amen. Amen. We're going to keep talking about this idea of our identity in Christ. This is such, it's foundational, but it's, it's actually something that supersedes a foundational teaching. So it's something that you start with, but it's also going to be what we end with. Even as the last thing said, you are a child of God. Amen. At the end of the day, you're a son, you're a daughter of the Most High God, if, if you have stepped over the line, entered in and said, I want Jesus as my Savior, as my Lord, I give my life to Him. So there comes a point of decision, a point where you cognitively make a decision to say, I am going all in. I am stepping over the line. Now, we're in a time right now where we are seeing people stepping over the line and going all in in unprecedented numbers, and it's happening everywhere. So we've been seeing some remarkable things. Even here in the last four weeks, we've seen 23 people saved, baptized, going all in with Jesus. Can we get an amen for that? Yeah, glory to God. But it's just the beginning. We're literally in the foothills of what God wants to do as we begin climbing the mountain. And so we're in a place where we're seeing more than ever. Several years ago, I've told this story a billion times, but I sat down, me and some other guys with Max Lucado. Max was in prayer one morning. This is like four years ago now, three and a half. And he literally heard the Lord speak to him. So you're saying, wait a minute, Max Lucado heard the Lord speak? The Lord's speaking all the time. The question is, are we listening? He was listening that morning, and in his quiet time, the Lord spoke to him and said, there is coming a harvest of souls, of people coming to know Christ that will be unprecedented in our lifetime. And, and I don't know if that precipitates the end time. I've heard nearly all my Christian life that before the end comes, before Jesus return, that there will be an escalation and an elevation of evangelism and end time harvest like we have never seen. I don't know if you're watching or you're even aware of the signs of the times, but if you're not up on your Bible prophecy, you need to be. 
because God is moving in an unprecedented way like I've never seen in my life of 40 years of walking with Jesus. I've never seen a convergence of more signs and wonders, and I call them signs that make you wonder, than I'm seeing right now in our time. God is up to something. Some 300 plus prophecies were fulfilled from the Old Testament in Jesus Christ. Over 300. There are several hundred left before his second return, but right now those are being fulfilled exponentially. Open your eyes. Don't think that what we have been experiencing with 9-11, with this global pandemic, with everything that's happening right now, the shift of economies and powers across our globe, don't think those don't mean something in the ways of Bible prophecy and what's happening. Folks, bottom line is this, we are in the last of the last days, and we're beginning to see unprecedented harvest. I don't mean just here, I mean around the globe. Even when we were in Utah, you know about Utah, right? Okay, it's an interesting place. I thought we were going to Pennsylvania. It was going to be people in buggies and stuff. That shows you what I know about Mormons. But I'm telling you, it's Mormon country. But we had more God conversations, shocking conversations with people who would not say, I'm an evangelical Christian. And we heard people saying things that I didn't expect to be hearing from. God is moving and he's drawing people to himself. The Bible says this, if the sun be lifted up, this is Jesus, and it's a reflection of what Moses did, if you'll remember, by putting the, the snake, the bronze serpent on the cross. He held up anybody who gazed upon it and had faith would be healed, and these serpents were biting all these people, and if they would have faith, they would be healed. And then in the New Testament, we have the Old Testament, then the New Testament realization of that in Christ. If the Son be lifted up, will draw all men to himself, all people unto himself. That is what's happening right now. Jesus is being lifted up. Now, here's the thing. I used to, in the beginning of this pandemic, think, oh, no, this is horrible. 2020, can we just delete this year before it's over with? Anybody feel the same way? I was at that place where I wanted to, can we just get, can we just forget it and just go ahead and start 2021 now and get this over with? I mean, in my mind, I was done about three weeks into this initial quarantine thing because we thought it was going to be over in two or three weeks. Amen? That is not what happened, right? So now we're getting word that we're going to be wearing masks for the next year or two. And I'm going, oh, okay, all right, here we go. So here's the deal. We could look on this year and say, oh, my gosh, 2020 is a year I want to delete. It's the one I want to, can we cancel? If we're a cancel culture, let's cancel 2020. But here's the thing. Had this thing not have happened the way it had, the church of Jesus Christ wouldn't be rising up the way it is. Sometimes it takes something to knock us move us, shake us, wake us, so that we begin to look again to him, to heaven. So here's the deal. 911 came. Remember 911? You remember where you were? I remember where I was. And I was sitting there like a lot of people with just shock and awe. But don't think that isn't a part of a larger thing. Yes, it was an evil, despicable act, horrible but let me tell you something. There's a bigger picture. There's a bigger thing going on. And we have to wake up to that. Back to Max's story. He thought I forgot. So, and usually I do. So I'm back. So Max sat down with me and several other guys. He said, guys, I literally, the Lord spoke to me and said that people, we're, we're in a harvest. Harvest is coming. 
Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I was in a room of people at that time that I don't know that all of them took that seriously. But I took it, I grabbed hold of it, and I put it in my heart. And I believe that it wasn't a word from Max. It was a word from God. Amen. It happened to be through Max. Do you believe that God's speaking today, family? Do you think he speaks through people? Do you think he doesn't have to speak through a Max Lucado or a Jonathan Kahn? He can speak through you. Amen? God is speaking. The question is, are we listening? Are we aware? Now here, it's not just are we listening, but are we hearing and then responding and doing? Because it's one thing to hear a word, go, oh, that's a word from God. I'm going to better write that down for later reference. And then go on about our lives as though it doesn't matter. But here's the thing. When it's a word from God and you believe it is, you lean into it just as it would be this word from God. It's an iPad, but there's a Bible there. So you need to take what you believe is the word of God and now begin to act upon it. So immediately I came back here, and this was when we were Oak Hills, not the bridge. And I started talking about harvest, especially Wednesday night. I just began to pound this thing. Harvest, harvest, harvest. Right, Jerry? I, mean, I wouldn't let off of it. We're, harvest is coming. Harvest is coming. Let me tell you something, what I know now. Harvest is not coming, family. Harvest is here. God is moving. And the question is, are we going to open our eyes? Are we going to catch the wave? Are we going to yawn and go about our business like it doesn't matter and miss it? And it bothers me and breaks my heart. There will be a lot of followers of Christ who, while I see God moving in unprecedented ways, they see nothing. And the question is, do you want to align yourself and get in a place where you can begin to see what God is doing, and then jump on board. I love experiencing God. Henry T. Blackaby said, look to see where God is working. Then realign yourself to his will and his ways, and then join him in his work. God is moving, family. It's time for us to realign ourselves and join him in his work. The way we're doing this, and the, the catchphrase I'm using is, we're making room. We have to make room. We have to. Anybody here have a cluttered garage? Thank you for your honesty, Jan. I appreciate that. Sorry to call you out in front of all these people and the world online. So, but I feel your pain. Anybody here, maybe you don't have a garage, but you've got a closet that is like, please do not open this door. We should put a padlock on it. Got one of those? Does anybody have a room that you call the catch-all room in your home? And that door remains closed just in case. And it needs to have a radioactive sign on it or a do not, you know, do not go in, you know, you know. So, or how about this? Do any of you just have a junk drawer in the kitchen somewhere? <laughs> and you've got like 700 twisty ties from every, every package of bread you've ever opened for the last 20 years. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, yeah. Batteries that, that should have been tossed out a long time ago. Y'all know what I'm talking about. pair of scissors that don't cut anything. Am I the only one that has this stuff? I've got all that stuff. So we have that. We have a junk drawer. And initially, every once in a while, Annette just says, she's done. She tears the whole drawer out, and it's, I'm going, don't throw that away. I might someday need that. You know what I'm saying? What is that? It's clutter. It's clutter. Let me tell you about the law of displacement. The law of displacement mean, means when you put something into something else, it will displace whatever is there because it's solid matter. For example, you can take a bucket, have it full of rocks, 
fill it with water, and then you take the rocks out, and you got about a third of that bucket full of water. Why? Because the rocks displace the water, and now there's room for more. Here's the thing. We get spiritual clutter in our lives. We get emotional clutter in our lives. Man, if you don't believe that we're living in cultural fatigue right now, you need to check your pulse. We are tired. Here's how I know I'm tired. When I walk into an airport and I see everybody wearing masks and I just want to throw up. I just want to go, really? Is this what we're going to do the rest of our lives? I feel like I'm living in a really bad sci-fi movie right now. Because everybody's wearing masks like it's no big deal. It is a big deal. I'm the only guy. Am I the only guy here who forgets his mask in the car almost everywhere you go? Here's the deal. I don't want to get that used to it where I'm carrying it with me all the time. I want to be, and I see some of y'all walking back too. It's so funny. Everywhere I go, some guy's walking back to his car. And I go, you forget your mask? Go, yeah, I me too. And I'll say something like, I don't even want to get used to this. Right. Everybody's like, man, you should buy this mask. Get this mask. This one's better than that. Now a mask is a fashion thing. Is anyone tired? Yeah. We're tired. We're culturally fatigued. And that creates static. It creates chatter. It creates noise, almost like white noise going on that you hear it for so long you don't hear it anymore. And it wears you down. And we have got to make room, family, because we're spiritually cluttered, we're emotionally cluttered, we're culturally cluttered right now. We have got to make room because the law of displacement, only certain things can stay in a certain space at the same time. Some of our buckets are filled with rocks instead of the water of the word, the water of the spirit, the water of the gospel. We've got to start removing some things, getting some things out of the way so we can pour more. I want all of Jesus that he intends me to have. Don't you? I'm not talking about the limited Jesus that we've sold to the world for the last 50 years. I'm talking about the Jesus of the scripture the Jesus that's alive right now. By the way, you do know he's alive right now, right? Yeah. I want that Jesus to occupy the space of my life, which means I may need to remove some rocks. I may need to re remove some clutter. So we're calling this making room, <laughs> clearing the clutter of our lives. And listen, that's not just an external exercise. <laughs> Cleaning your garage, that is. That may be an epic moment for all of us, but... I'm talking about clearing the clutter out of our own life. And so I'm calling this finding stability in an unstable world. Because the world's lost its ever-loving mind. Or am I the only human in the room? And we need something. We need some kind of bedrock that we can build our lives. This is why I am beating the drum of our identity in Christ. So I want you to take out your bookmark. If you don't have one of these... Get one on the way out. Bring it back. Keep it with you. We want you to have this. We're using this because this is a tool that is going to help you. So I, I came upon this a few years ago when I met um, Bill Loveless of Crisis Life Ministries. Bill had one of these, and we gave out a couple thousand of them. And then Annette said, why don't we do our own that has a little more of our DNA in it? And we love Bill. We're thankful for Bill. We call him Uncle Bill. He's probably watching right now. So we love Uncle Bill and Paige. And yet, it was like, we need, we need our own. So I, I reached out to Bill and said, Bill, man, I love your bookmark. I, he says, yeah, you've given away thousands of them. It cost me a lot of money. I said, I know. He said, I said, so, so 
I would like to take yours and could I use it as a template but build our own out of it? He said, absolutely. He said, I'll send you the stuff. And so I built this one off of his but actually brought in our DNA of the bridge into it. So that's why it looks the way it does because I wanted all of us. Here's why I did this. I need this. I need this. I need to be able to quickly go to something during the day when I'm having a moment and I'm having one of those days. Any of you ever have a moment? Any of you ever have one of those days? You ever just talk to somebody, how's it going? It's just one of those days. That's all you have to say. You don't have to explain it. You just say, one of those days, we all know what you mean. And when I'm having one of those days, sometimes I can't just kick my mind in to the scriptures that I've memorized through the years. Sometimes I need a little help. And I keep this on my desk. I actually have them all over. One in my desk, one in my Bible, one in my, in, my, in my iPad case, one by my computer. I keep them handy. And you can get as many as you want. We'll make more. Uh, Bill said he needed 5,000 of them. He's just trying to get me back. But get what you need. Don't be shy because you may have friends that this could really help. So that's why we're walking through this. So I want to start here. We're going to go to number two. So on the, on the side that says... The truth sets us free. I want you to go to number two. Number one is God desires an intimate relationship with you. By the way, last week we had five scheduled baptisms. After we brought this word and we worshiped together and we gave an appeal uh, for people to step over the line and go all in with Jesus and be baptized, we had six people come forward who hadn't planned to be baptized get baptized last week. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Maybe more today. We'll see, right? So we, we talked about God desires intimate. Here it is. Jesus himself is the Christian life. You've got to understand something. The Christian life isn't a, isn't a recipe for having a good day. The Christian life isn't just following a series of rules like three steps to glory, seven steps to peace, five steps to living in victory. Not that all of those are bad. Sometimes I need help like that. I need a step-by-step. But let me tell you something. The Christian life is much more than content. It's much more than just, just words on a page. The Christian life is actually a person. Christ is our life. Let me tell you a story before I share the scripture. A number of years ago, I'm just, I'll just use her first name, Kathy. She was the wife of a senator. Turns out this senator was horrifically abusive and abused her terribly. And yet when you meet her, she's this beautiful, elegant lady, carries herself. I mean, you can tell when you're around her. This lady has seen some stuff. I mean, like high, high-level things. She carries that, and yet she was beat down to nothing. And they finally ended up going through a divorce. She came into our life. She had remarried a football coach, a college football coach. I was the pastor in a town. We had several colleges in that town. And they started coming to our church and found out that Kathy, she heard that we could pray for people. And she was, had a lot of bondage. And, and y'all know this. Bound people bind people. Right. Broken people break people. But free people, help me somebody. Free people, free people. Amen. She wanted to be free. She loved Jesus with all of her heart. So she came to us and said, would y'all pray for me? Would y'all take me through? And we walked her through kind of what we call a sozo session. We walked her through that, and oh, man, oh, man, did God peel back the layers. Oh, blew our minds. Did it? 
It was so wild, our dog was in the house and started howling during this time. It was one of those moments. And as we did this and peeled back the layers and Jesus ministered to her, she was completely set free. So she goes back home. She becomes a part of our life group. She shows up and we're talking about, I think we had watched one of the Holy Ghost films by Darren Wilson as a group. We were all just super excited, like, wow, this is amazing. And she says to us, she says, you know what, guys? She goes, I'm not like most people. She said, I am so dependent on Jesus that I can't listen to non-Christian music. I have to listen to worship 24-7. She goes, I can't afford to let my guard down. I can't afford to not be all in. I can't afford not to be memorizing scripture and quoting the Bible. I can't afford. She said, I cannot live without him because he is my life. And that was the first time I'd heard somebody say it at that level, that she was saying that apart from him, she could do, help me somebody, nothing. She understood that principle, that how weak she was in her flesh, she had to be strong on the other end in her spirit. And she did that by staying close to him, getting to know him, walking with him, and she refused to even give that devil a foothold in any area of her life. So she was in the Word all the time, praying all the time, powerful intercessor, in love with Jesus, worship music going in their home all the time. She made room. And let me tell you what it did for her. It brought life and freedom to her. A woman who had been so beat down, and she had been suicidal as well. And she was free indeed. Why? Because Christ is her life. Jesus is her life. Unlike many who Jesus has become an addendum to their life, an add-on, a good idea. You know, the kids need to be in church. We should start going to church. You know, we need to do this because it's a good thing to do. We need to do And what happens is we, we create this culture where it's just a good thing to do. And so Jesus is not primary, not number one, not the center of our world. He becomes the addendum. He's on the outer loop, not the inner circle. Family, that is not the call upon the Christian's life. In fact, look at the scripture here. Jesus himself is the Christian life. We'll end with this scripture. I want to show this to you. Jesus answered. Who did he answer? Guess who it was? It was Thomas. Remember Thomas? What do we call Thomas? Doubting, do you think he might have got a bad rap for a bad moment? Man, do you, would you like your worst moment in life to be your name? <laughs> Stupid Jimmy. I mean, I would, that would be terrible. And trust me, I, man, I, if somebody had captured that moment, it, that would have been my name. I'm sad for Thomas. I think he gets a bad rap. But in this moment, Thomas... Is, is talking to Jesus, having this dialogue, and Jesus answers Thomas, the one we call doubting, poor guy. He says this, I am the way. And notice he didn't say, I am a way. Right. You listening online, you hearing this, he didn't say, I am a way, as though there are many ways to get to God. Look what he says, I am the way and the truth, and the life. And he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Here's the deal. Bottom line. You are not going to get to God by going to church. Can I be straight up with this? 
I love church. I'm a church nerd. I, I could be here 24-7 and love it. I feel like I'm the truest me that I can be when I'm with the body of Christ. Whether it's you or at an event or a Christian con, when I'm around the people of God, I feel I'm the truest me that I can be, the best me that I can be. But this is the bottom line. The church is not what saved me. Going to church is not what kept me saved. One thing, the one who is my life, Jesus himself, that's it. Church is the bonus. Church is the bride. I get the groom, the bride comes along with the groom. It's amazing. But here's the deal. A lot of people will put the church in front of Jesus, the bride, first. Oh, that's when we get in trouble. When people come to me in our church and say, Man, this is the best thing since sliced bread. This church is amazing. This is office. This is amazing. I'm like, oh, I hope. I hope they're not thinking that the church is their salvation. I hope they're not thinking church is their thing. Because it's, we're not. We're fallible. We will make mistakes. Can I get an amen? amen. I don't want to show hands on this one. But, yeah. <laughs> this is, we, I'm just telling you up front. I will fail you. I will, fall, I will come short of your expectations because, frankly, most church folks' expectations are completely unrealistic. Can we just be real? So I will never measure up to what you think I should be. I'm just saying it, getting it out there. Let's bust that bubble. Can I jump off the pedestal now? I'd rather jump off than fall off. Amen? So here it is. That's the truth. We're going to fail you. We're going to come short because we're made up of you. Put your, all of you in a room, 400 of yourself, picture that. Would you want to go to that church? I think that was inspired, by the way. <laughs> I did not plan to say that. 400 of you in a room, I need to write that down. That's, that's good stuff. That's a good tweet. Would you want to go to that church? This is why we need each other, family. But here's the deal. The church is a thing. If you make church the thing, we will see you gone in six months to a year. You won't last. You won't make the cut. First time you get offended, first time I say something you don't like, something that, that breaks your religious bone, something that rubs you the wrong way, or, or Russ gets up here and says something, and you go, whoa, I don't believe that. And all of a sudden you're offended, or you don't get chosen to be on the worship team. or what? I'm, I'm just saying, we have so many opportunities to offend you on a weekly basis. We try not to take them, but we're real. We're just people. And because of that, yeah, stuff's going to happen. So if church is your thing and not Jesus, see ya. You won't last. And you'll take your frustration down the road, get another church, and the same thing will happen, by the way. And you will become Pete and repeat. And you will keep going around that mountain. Can I get an amen? Is that the truth? So let's land the plane here. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here it is, no one, and we're all a no one here. I don't mean that in a bad way. That sounded terrible. You're not a nobody, you're somebody, but we are a no one in this context. No one comes to the Father except through what? Through Jesus. You cannot get to God any other way. Listen, by the way, this big celestial pond that you've heard about with all these tributaries, and those are all legitimate ways to get to him is not true. Right. Somebody said, well, Pastor Jimmy, are you saying that Christianity and that, Jesus, that, that, that is, that's the only way to get to God? And I'm saying absolutely true. And actually, I'm not saying it. The Bible says it. Right. 
I'm only repeating what is being said here. Jesus made himself exclusive in that statement. He is the only way to the Father. There is no other way, no shortcut. You don't bypass Jesus. Why is Jesus so offensive to our, to our culture? Because of this scripture right here. That's why you can get up at the Academy Awards and thank God and God bless you and God bless and have a good night. And everybody say, Amen. You say something about Jesus and you can feel the tension go across the network. Because Jesus is divisive. Jesus divides the ones who are after the heart of God and willing to go through Christ and trust him and the ones who just want an addendum for their lives and a church to attend. If you're here this morning and you know about him but you don't know him, I want to issue an invitation to you to get to know him. To know him personally, not to know him religiously. Not to know him as, as a figurehead at a church or an emblem hanging on a cross on somebody's neck, but to know the person of Jesus Christ. He says, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And he says this, I will give you rest. Cultural fatigue, there's a recipe for that. It's Jesus. Clutter, there's a recipe for that. It's Jesus. Pain, stress, there's a recipe for that. His name is Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, through Jesus. Exclusive? Yes. And that's not me. It's the scripture. We don't need to ever apologize for that. So I want to issue an invitation to you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've said, you know what? I know a lot about Jesus. I know exactly what you're talking about in this religious Jesus. But I don't know that I know him personally. I don't know that he's my life. I don't know that he's my way. And I don't know that he's truth for me. Truth for me has always been a concept, not a person. It needs to be a person, family. And here's why. I believe with all my heart, and I've never, ever believed this until this year, that we are in the last of the last days. The end is near. I'm not going to get a sign and stand out on the street corner and, you know, dye my hair all rainbow colored and stuff. But, you know, those guys that stand on, but I'm telling you, we need to be sounding a warning right now that there is too much going on that is not an accident. It's part of a bigger design. And I want to be on the right side of this thing when it all goes down. Don't you? Let me tell you what side I want to be on. It's the one that Jesus is on. And to go all in with him and become brazen for him. To become bold. To become courageous. This is not the time to be quiet. It's not the time to be silent. This is the time to shout it from the rooftops. Jesus is Christ and Jesus is Savior and Jesus is Lord and not be ashamed of the gospel. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to invite our worship team. We're going to go out and worship today. But here's the thing. You may be here this morning and you, some of this is resonating with you. You're saying there's a reason why my palms are sweaty and my heart's beating right now. And it's because I resonate with what you're saying. I know about him. Yeah, I was raised in church. But I don't know that I could say honestly that I know him personally. And 
this morning, if you want to take that step, we want to invite you to do so. And there's a step after that, and it's called believer's baptism. The water is warm. Jason is ready to go. We have a towel for you. Your seats will dry later. And if you're here this morning and you want to step over the line, go all in with Jesus, take the step, follow him, give your heart to him and be baptized, I want to invite you to do so. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, in the name of Jesus, there are people here who are ready to take a step. There are people watching online. They're going, that's me. I'm not there, but I'm here with you, and I'm ready to give my heart to Jesus. And for those that are here this morning that are ready to take that step, Father, my heart for them and my prayer for them is that they will go all in, push their chips to the middle of the table with Jesus and say, I, I want to be who he's called me to be, who he's identified me to be, who I'm supposed to be in him. I want to fulfill that. I want to go all in. If you're here this morning, under your breath, just pray the simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my past my present, and my future. Jesus, save me. I want to be born again. I want to be born of the Spirit. I repent of sin. I turn toward Jesus and away from my past and away from my stuff. I repent. I turn. And I give you everything I am. Take my life and use it for your glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. And every head bowed, every eye closed. Did anybody pray that prayer this morning? Let me see your hand. You know, just no peeking. Anybody? Anybody pray that prayer this morning that's here? Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else pray that prayer? Thank you. Anyone else pray that prayer for the first time? Say, I'm going all in. So here's the thing. For those of you who prayed that prayer for the first time, if you want to follow the Lord in Believer's Baptism this morning, we want to make that available for you. We're going to begin singing and worshiping as we go out. But as we do, if that's you, I want you to walk right over to Jason and tell him, I want to be baptized. He's right over here. We introduced him earlier. If not, we are going to be having a baptism on the 15th. But here's what I would say. Why not here? Why not now? Why not you? In Jesus' name. Let's all stand together. Let's worship on the way out. If you want to be baptized, just come right over to Jason. We'll take care of that. Y'all sing with us. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Sing, yes, I will. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, 
one thing. That's what we do. I count on one thing. Come on. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. He won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working on things. That's what he's doing. Let's praise him. Well, now, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will. Let's do that again. Come on. Sing for 
church. Let's just praise him all of our days. God bless you as you go. You're dismissed.